0: Hey guys, so I hope you are all doing really well. Had a really good week. Um, Let's talk about what outstanding service looks like. Now, I know this is going to be a little bit in uh, a very specific context, um, but it just gives you an illustration, I think, um, and some things to think about here. So, um, well, last week uh, I talked about turning ideas into uh, services and software. And actually, I had a bit of a rant uh, about the particular live stream uh, software I was using, uh, called onestream.live. Live, and that's because basically the uh, the software you know didn't work uh, as it was supposed to. Although I have now realised that actually what I pay for, um, it, it's okay because the the part of the software that I can use, which is actually recording it and then um, having the software upload it to multiple channels. Um, is actually worth the, whatever it is, $2 a week that I pay for it. So, um, and actually the alternative in the marketplace is something uh, called um, StreamYard, I think it's called, and that's something much more expensive. It's something like uh, 20 or 30 uh, a month or something at the minimum, just from memory. So there you go. There is always a silver lining to these things. Um, now this week I'd like to share with you an experience that I had uh, with outstanding service and actually having experienced this i thought to myself gosh it's actually not that frequent right it's not that often that you experience something where you say wow that was amazing that was just really really good that worked perfectly and uh you know you're really happy with it so um why not share it with you so um i actually had an iphone 7 (laughs) for the longest time I'm probably one of the last remaining users of this particular device. Um, I think I bought it back in 2016 or something like that. So, um, and it finally broke. Basically, the charging socket stopped working. Uh, the camera didn't work in one X mode, uh, which basically meant I couldn't use WhatsApp uh, on the web because I, I couldn't scan the QR code. Um, but it held up amazingly well for something that I bought, you know, so many years ago. Um, and even the battery was still just about OK. I mean, it was holding a charge for the whole day. So um, so anyway, it kind of broke because the charging socket stopped working and I basically can't charge it anymore. Um, so I went online and I looked into buying a new one. And um, but as you probably know, they are, cost quite a lot of money. So uh, the current ones, the new models, like they're over a thousand pounds. That's probably over a thousand dollars in the States as well. Um, And I thought to myself, God, you know, do I really need a brand new iPhone? Is that kind of, you know, what I'd need to spend the money on? Um, And so I started looking at the secondhand market because obviously these have been around for quite a long time. Um, I ended up ordering a phone from Amazon. Uh, It was a secondhand phone. I think it was a was an iPhone 8, actually. I thought this will do. This should be what I need. Um, But what I got sent was badly kind of like scuffed even though it was supposed to be in excellent condition where, you know, with absolutely nothing wrong with it. So I got a return approval and I started looking around for another and came across a company called Raylo, R-A-Y-L-O. And the interesting thing that they were offering was that they were offering a monthly rental option uh, for used phones. Anything from, I think it was like the iPhone 10 or even nine, all the way up to iPhone 14s currently and they're offering a monthly rental option and basically you could choose between whether you wanted to have a, a month-to-month rental or you wanted to lock yourself into a 12-month contract or a 24-month contract or a 34 uh, 36-month contract um so i had to find a an iphone xs uh for just 10 pounds a month 10 pounds 25 i think it is to be precise on a month-to-month lease, I could have got it for slightly lower. I think it was like nine pounds fifty or something on a 12-month lease. It wasn't there wasn't very much in it, so I decided just to go for that month-to-month. So, I, so I ordered it, and within a few days I got a. And the first thing actually, you, you you order it, and then you have to make a sort of financial application to, uh, you know, and and so they know exactly where you live and that sort of thing. So I kind of passed that, and um, then they said yes, we're we're working on getting the phone, and then a couple of days later. I got a message saying that they were having trouble locating one uh, and it would be late. Um, and so I was okay with that. I wasn't in a, in, uh, you know, it wasn't a burning urgent need to get that, you know, within, you know, a day or something. So I waited um, long story short, I did get the phone um, around and it was around 10 to 14 days later, probably actually more closer to 14 days later uh, when it finally arrived, actually just a couple of days ago. Um, but the great thing is that they were in touch all the time. So, uh, initially I'd got a WhatsApp message and it was a, seemed to be a real human. Um, it seemed to be somebody that I could have a conversation with. So, uh, because I replied and then I think the next day she replied. And then the, the day after I replied, and it was always the same person. It's not not like it was a ticket, a help desk ticket service where, you know, you submitted something and somebody would kind of get up, you know, come online and say, I'm picking this up and can you tell me the problem again? That kind of thing. So that was the first good thing. So they did really keep in touch. Um, and then when it finally did arrive, DPD, our, our local kind of like uh, express service company, contacted me saying "You know, it'll be there at a very specific time. So I was kind of excited. I was getting like, you know, kind of motivated about this. I thought, great, you know, new phone. Let's check out what this looks like. And I was absolutely delighted uh, when it arrived. In fact, um came in this beautiful box. Look at that. You can actually see the name here. So it's called Raylo. I hope it doesn't come back to front here. But anyway, R-A-Y-L-O. So it came in this box. Uh, everything was like packaged up inside. It was like uh it was basically packaged up as if it was an iPhone, but obviously not in an iPhone box, but everything else. Um And it had a brand new screen protector included. It had a brand new cable in a box. Um Actually, I've got that right here. So it kind of like came like brand new one. Uh, not an apple original but anyway Uh, and this feels like a little bit of an unboxing thing that you see on youtube with with new cameras and stuff but that wasn't the intention i'll get to the point in a minute about the service level but um uh in any case so you know and and the phone itself was in very good condition exactly like they said almost like new to be honest i mean i can't there's a kind of a tiny tiny scratch on the screen you can't even see it nothing to worry about um And with uh, 256 gigabytes, that should be fine for quite a while. Now, I wanted to relay the story because I was genuinely shocked at how good this was. I mean, you know, I've got basically for ten pounds a month, I am renting a phone that probably cost originally maybe seven or eight hundred pounds. If I bought a brand new one, it would cost over a thousand, which is obviously going to, you know. It's a major decision, right? And this is like a super easy decision. I can upgrade this whenever I want. Uh, I could just send it in. I can say, hey, can you send me an iPhone 14 now? Whatever I want to do uh, on a month-to-month basis. Um, so I looked at this company. I thought, how How did they do this? How is this company doing such a nice job, right? Where Amazon obviously didn't quite get it right, you know, because they they had a third-party provider, that sent me the phone and that it wasn't in good condition. The box was raggedy. Um, You know, the, uh, you have a financial agreement with Barclays through that to, to actually get it working. Um, You know, the another alternative might've been to go onto the high street and find a secondhand sort of seller of the phone. And then you worry about, you know, the guarantee and if it doesn't work and those kinds of things, and probably it's been kind of like prized apart by somebody who knows. Right. So I looked this up and I said, well, who's this company? Um, and I found out that they actually have raised over 150 million pounds to build up what they call their kind of gadget lease and reuse service. So 150 million pounds, of which um 110 million seems to be in debt financing from, from that West, um, probably to fund you know cash flow. Um and and then the leases basically, right? So last July, just last July, July they raised six and a half million from Wera, which is the accelerator owned by Telefonica. Um, and having been in this market a little while, I've got, you know, I've heard a lot of stories about that particular accelerator and the fact they had a lot of failures, a lot of things didn't really work. Their investments didn't pay off, nothing like that. And so actually, that was quite pleasing to see because obviously they've worked on that. They've now found some you know, good teams to invest in, good concepts to to develop. And this is relevant to them because it is to do with Telefonica. Now, this company, Raylo, started in 2019. So we're talking three, four years, right? Not very long. And um, I think this is a super interesting company. So I started to run the numbers, uh, as I do. Um, and I realized that they should be able to make that work. It's actually really interesting because... Um, so the the trade in value of this particular excess phone, which honestly feels like a like if I went into Apple and I picked up an iPhone 14, I personally wouldn't be able to tell much of a difference between the two. Right. So this is it's that sort of like um, current. And so the trade in value of this is currently one hundred and twenty five pounds. Um, if you go onto to the Apple website, that's what they'll give you. And they are leasing it to me for this £10.25 a month with a replacement value of around £183. Now, um, so I started to think, well, how does this work? Because, you know, can they make money on that for £10 a month? How do they really, how do they really do that? Right. Now, when you look at, if you just do a quick search on Google, you'll find that the overall market in the US is 136 million iPhones in distribution. And probably quite a few, uh, you know, in trade trading centers and sort of like, uh, you know, maybe, you know, people have got them got secondhand or broken, you know, so there's this large, this is 136 million iPhones. So I could my, my back of the envelope calculation says that they need to manage less than 0.5% of these iPhones in order to be valued at over a billion dollars. Right. Um, and that's in a growing market. Um, because obviously every, you know, every month there are more phones being sort of like, you know, decommissioned by people and people are buying new ones. So it's a growing market of these secondhand ones. Um, where they can, and they can all, and that, that calculation is just based on iPhones. So then you've got the whole Android market, then you've got laptops, watches. So they're already doing uh, laptops and watches, but I didn't see any Android. Oh, I did actually. Sorry. Yes. So they've already started all these different. Um, avenues of um, you know being able to serve different different types of technologies, and so you can see where that's going. This is definitely a very clear model, right, in terms of how it can work. Um, and so the the simple lesson from this is that it is possible to differentiate yourself in a very crowded market. Right, this is an extremely crowded market. There's tons of these companies doing these. Um, doing these kind of like, you know, um, trade in and then and then and then obviously they they service that phone in the background. Um, So there's so it is possible to differentiate yourself in such a crowded market. Um, It's it is possible to create an outstanding level of service, which is what I would call that. um, And have a market sizing that works on the back of an envelope. So think about that. These three kind of like. There's a combination of three things there high different you know able to differentiate in very crowded market, create an outstanding level of service, and have a market sizing that works on the back of an envelope, right? So no wonder they got funded. Um, obviously, things can go wrong, there can be more competition, um, things can change, but obviously at the beginning, at this outset, it seems like a very, very viable company. So my idea for you would be to think about this compared to your business. How easy is it to show and even visualize your target market? And the reason I really bring that one up first is because I've seen so many pitch decks, I, you know, founders reach out to me very often. And, you know, the, the, um, the message that they're trying to communicate in terms of their target market and the overall market um, is very complicated. It's very kind of like obscure. You would have to, have to ask 20 questions about you know what do they assume there you know how does what are they talking about here even there even often the way that things are presented is not very clear just in terms of the naming of how they have named their market and so on so in your business as you're building and growing your business the question i would have for you is how easy is it for you to really really visualize your target market because that is obviously your very first and most important uh, beachhead right how you Hit your target market um, in the next 12 months, 18 months, or something like that. Who are they? Where are they? What are they doing? Where where are they located? How big is that market exactly? How are you going to reach them exactly? Right? These questions always seem to be incredibly hard to answer, um, especially for software and other things, but that's not just that's not the excuse, right? That's not an excuse for saying that, well, there's many things there. You have to be able to be to do that. Secondly, are you providing such an outstanding level of service that people will naturally wait uh, an extra two weeks for the product and still be happy enough to give a a, a review um, like I like I've done today? Not, uh, you know, I'm not linked to them at all. It's just that it, this has happened. It's a very rare occurrence for me to be so kind of like pleased with something like this um, that I wanted to be able to share that. So are you able Have you been able to create this level of service for your customers? And I think this is a really interesting question because, um, you know, there's a land grab going on out there in the market for just about everything. And the question is, are you focused enough? Are you concentrated enough on the people that really matter that are going to be so happy that they will be able to be the ambassadors for your particular brand and help you spread the word to a broader audience right so are you being able to generate that sort of goodwill with a very specific part of your market that can help you and um, thirdly on this is can you provide a very clear cost benefit to the user that means it's really a no-brainer that if they bought the product if they use that product if they did that work that um it's just clear it's a clear benefit there's just no question about whether that works or not financially right um and then obviously qualitatively as well so can you provide that cost benefit and i can i can say i can say from a personal experience um in many cases you think you can provide that cost benefit but when it really comes to it it becomes hard to explain it becomes a little bit obscure people don't really trust it people sort of go shopping elsewhere you know there are many things that come in the way not to say that the, the cost and that is the is, is the only uh you know criteria for people to choose things but it is obviously such a main one especially in today's competitive markets right so I hope you enjoyed this uh this little story about my phone. Um you can now visualize me using this phone daily for until I until something happens. Um and so while I go on go on to enjoy that, um, and by the way, again, it really saved me from getting tempted into spending a grand, right? So that's another way of looking at that. Is your product service like helping your client? Save money on a, on a cost basis specifically for that particular thing. Is it also helping them avoid temptation into something which would be the obvious choice otherwise? Right. So, um, let's leave it there on that topic. And so, I'm continuing to run my revenue transformation program, which we um, well we launched a special a few weeks. I've been running it for a few years, but we launched a special a few weeks ago, um, which is now starting to. Um, you know we're starting to get some real progress with that and that's for anyone that wants to get on the right track to seven figures so if you're not at seven figures yet if you're especially if you're pre-revenue early revenue maybe up to 30,000 and you're trying to get to that first 83,000 a month then this is a great program for you it's very simple we look across the board we use the framework which uh is the um the core part of this concept of R3 that I've put together This framework helps us analyze and assess all aspects of your business very rapidly, which is incredibly important if you're trying to get to seven figures. Um, It's important afterwards as well, but especially when you're trying to get to seven figures to stay focused on the things that really, really matter. Um, And next week, I'll be sharing an update on a brand new program I'm developing for revenue. But this is focused on operational efficiency and i'm particularly excited about this because over the past few years i've worked with people on funding especially and on top line revenue um but there was always something a little bit missing And what i found was that i couldn't access a broader set of customers because you know they were already at a million or they were already at 10 million and so they had a different set of problems and so i'll you know be sharing this next week but really what we're talking about here is how do you generate revenue efficiently, right? Because there's basically no point uh, generating revenue if you cannot scale efficiently. And what that really means is there's a whole variety of things that are gonna be gonna make that into a leaky bucket unless you've got them all tied down and you are doing things in a certain way. So that's what we're gonna be talking about next week and probably for several weeks because I'm really, really uh, firstly excited about it. And secondly, I'm very passionate about this. This kind of comes back to, the DNA of kind of all the things that I've worked on uh, for the past, well, for, for the longest time. And so um that's it. So see you next week for that. And if you found this helpful, please hit the like button or the share button so others can see it too. Take care for now.